This is Dan Libby, one-fifth of YFC, and you are listening to this week's episode of Infinite Rewind. Yeah, I wouldn't even put your baby's diapers in that. That's disgusting. That's horrible. Wow. I mean, realistically speaking, you're probably never going to wash that thing, right? No, probably. I'll just throw it away eventually. Look at the inside. Yikes. Wow, like yellow butter. Like like the Wu-Tang. Yeah. Dude, I haven't worn a tar pick. (laughs) I haven't worn a baseball cap in so freaking long, man. I can't even imagine you. I feel like at this point you're better off with a fedora or a top hat. <laughs> Come on, daddy. <laughs> yeah. Like Mr. Peanut, man. Get some flops. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I hats are strange things, man. It's like sometimes you don't need them. Most times you don't need them. You don't need a hat. It's a style thing, unless you have Libby's hair, apparently, which I thought looked great, by the way. I'm a little upset you covered it up. There we go. I'll bring it back. Yeah, let that hairline flow. Between in. questions, I'll be like, okay, go. Depending on the question. Yeah. Yeah, Ro, yeah, talk about your backdrop. I don't think I've gotten familiar with this. It looks like a spirally watercolor. Yeah, rainbow. kind of. Picture like, you know how sometimes you go to the gas station, there's a little bit of gas spillage, and you can see all the different iridescent colors. So that's kind of what it is. Nice. Did you make that? No, I bought it. It's like a tapestry wall hanging thing. What are you pulling out? Some fucking whiskey, bro? What's going on? Whoa! Whiskey out of the fridge? What am I, a savage? I mean... 30 in the morning. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. October. Yo, I feel like you're doing this 100% because Tony's here. You just want Tony to feel comfortable. Yep. I'm trying to get Tony all lubed up for later. Dude, you don't, you don't, don't got to do much. You don't got to do much. You don't got to do much to get that fellow lubed up. Nah, he's, he's, that, that oil's bubbling all day. Just, <laughs> just he and I played, he and I jammed like, uh, like midweek. And uh, like, I, Devin had some friends over, so I was like, all right, I'm going to go. Um, I just threw the lifeline out there to you boys. And uh, Tony eventually was like, yeah, I can do this like right now if you want to play. I'm like, Fuck yeah, it's like, I, like 8.15. So Archie's already down. I had like two beers here because I was hanging out with the girls. And um, I'm like, Tony, pick up a six, just for him and I to split. And uh, he, rolls in with a, he rolls in with a six of pumpkin beer, like seven percenters, and a backpack with like, I don't know, seven or eight high noons rolling around in there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so within an hour and a half, I forget how many I had, but I was actually pretty drunk by the time I got back. And um, Devin was none too pleased oh, to see my drunk ass roll in. Oh, boy. Wow. I feel like I'm most upset that you thought you and Tony would be able to function off of just six beers. That's I feel like that's just mad bad math. Right. You should know better. Yeah, I know. Well, I was trying to play it cool and be like, yeah, I'll just have like one or two. Um, but then he like rolled in and the pumpkin beers didn't hit, obviously. I was like, eh. I mean, on. 7%, dude, I'm surprised they didn't have you on your ass. Well, eventually I was feeling like I was going to be on my ass. Towards the end, all of a sudden it was ten twenty, and I was told I told Devin I'd be home by ten. And <laughs> these days, Benjamin, I'm sure you can relate. Uh, when you say you're going to be home to do the dream feeding by ten, you bet you're at. You bet you should be home by ten, not ten nineteen. Yeah, Devin better hear the door opening at nine fifty five. If by nine fifty seven that bottle's not warmed up, 
Yo, whoo, she's coming after you, Tony, the pumpkin beer makers, all of y'all going down. <laughs> Taking the yeah. whole structure down. Yes, yes, daddy, yes. Oh, man. So. All right, gentlemen, let's um, let's seg into our uh, album review for this week. Uh, we reviewed um, Amy Winehouse. Well, actually, let's start with the segment. I, believe, I don't know if we've coined it. I think we just said it. All right declared last week that we're going to look at um, female vocalists the, the 2000, post-2000 millennium uh, era um, just to cross-compare and just see where, you know, directions taken and what genres they really, you know, they explored. I had I was, I'm not familiar familiar with Amy Winehouse um, but it's hard not to have to recognize a a couple songs that are on this album just in passing and certainly not ones that are on like my iPod play like my playlist um, but after listening to this album there's a I mean she's made a strong case for a comeback in my in my uh, repertoire so on my playlist um, so yeah it's a post 2000 um, lady vocalists uh, just exploring that it's pretty broad uh, no specific genre just kind of taking it and um, and seeing what that artist delivers and um, just exploring it, unpacking it. There's a lot to unpack because we're not really honing in on any one particular uh, criteria, except that it's a lady vocalist and it's after 2000. So um, I chose Amy Winehouse. Um, kind of, it just came to me while we were talking about Marvin Gaye last week and just like how like that buttery smooth voice and just how independent of an artist he really is. And that got me all excited, even though that album was a little lacking um, to me. Uh, I her she just came straight to mind, and it kind of pairs back to you know we went looked at the Prince album not too long ago. We we're really like looking at like solo artists, and um, yeah, she she popped in. I was like, you know what? I'd love to go back and and really dig into this second album of hers, um, and I'm glad we did. So, Back to Black, uh, Amy Winehouse was released in uh, October t- 2006. So. We nail our criteria there, point A and point B. Uh, it is known as a soul R&B neo-soul album, which I'd like to touch on, too, because we did a neo-soul uh, collection not too long ago. Um, rose to the charts. I mean, it was a, a standout album um, for a solo performance by her, as well as there's a lot of positives on the production by Mark Ronson and Salam Remy. Um so this album, I think, was rated, I mean, going by the Rolling Stone magazine, however much stock you want to put in that, but it was rated number 33 of uh, 500 greatest albums of all time. So up there, uh, very far up there. Uh, and that's, this is a contemporary album. This was released in the last 20 years. So, um, yeah, let's. Um, I'd like to start with a very just general uh opening here i don't really need to hone in on anything too uh you know too soon but we'll throw it over to um oh let me introduce my boys i'll throw it over to benny bananas first um and then we'll go over to ravishing rick raul um shortly thereafter um benny what did you like about this album um First of all, Benny Bananas is I'm I'm sad I didn't think about that myself. <clears throat> um, but that'll that'll stick for a while. 
Um, I liked a great deal about this album. And I think one thing that most people, and I'm going to put myself in the category of this same mindset, um, we don't give enough credit to producers. We look at an album cover and we see Amy Winehouse and we, at some point in our lives, think, oh, this is an Amy Winehouse album. We see a Drake album or we see a Michael Jackson album. We just think it's that artist. And there is so much more to this album than just Amy Winehouse. And there's a lot of Amy Winehouse on this album. Like, I thought a lot about what you said, Libby, last week about Marvin Gaye's uh, Hear My Dear being too much. I'm going to be really interested to explore it how you manage that because I felt like this album was way more specific and way more detailed in its emotional lyrical specificity than Marvin Gaye. But putting all that aside, Mark Ronson and Salam Remy deserved the Grammys they got for this mm -hmm. album. Their production was on point, background <laughs> vocaling, the instrumentation, the progression of the chord, so many beautiful minor chord progressions that go into major and then dip back into minor. Um, I, thought the instrumentation on this album was like in your face but mixed very well which is a great backdrop so even though i feel like it's not my favorite part of this album i thought the production and instrumentation on here really gave amy winehouse a great stage to like explore all of her intricacies and her dark i guess elements but there was a there was a nice give and take with the instrumentation and all the things she was saying Word. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that jumped out to me about this album and this project is that, you know, she really tapped into, or they rather, including the producers and Amy Winehouse and everyone involved, they really tapped into a certain aesthetic, sonically and, and physically. Like, mm -hmm. she looks like a 60s pop artist, right? Yeah. And then uh, most of the music is very 60s-like. Yeah. which I thought is really dope. It's a, She's almost like time traveling and like pulling huh. all the best things that she liked from that era and brought it to a modern uh, time. So I, I love, I love the full package. I love when someone can do ABC and D for all, all of it to be aligned and for all, all of it to wrap up really well. So I, I love the execution of this project is what I love. Excellent. No, I, I agree on all points, both of you guys. I think it's a, it's a, a, a totally, uh, it's a total package, very well-rounded. It's, uh, it's robust, but I've been, I'll, I'll talk about it right off the shoot. It, it honestly, it wasn't too much. I mean, it's, it's, oh, I, I, I don't understand that. Like, How do you, you know think Marvin Gaye was too much, but this was not too much? Yeah, no, I know. And it's strange, right? Because this is like, I mean, it's have it's very emotive, um, and I mean, the delivery is just like, boom, right in your face. But I think it like, this gotta be, you gotta tip your cap to the production quality because it like, like maybe it's just so much more um, cut and dry, but maybe cut and dry is wrong. It was just, there's a lot of substance there, but everything just seems so tight. Whereas Marvin Gaye, I just got lost on that album. Like, like okay, so the message for this hour of, of music is, it's a letter to his you know, a, a piece of music intended for his wife that he's divorcing, and it just, just some lament and very victimized. But you know, in this one, it, she seems more relatable than than Marvin Gaye. I think, and it's refreshing too, in a very contemporary sense, that she's throwing words in there, like terms like, you know, 
It's like, you know, couldn't stop from getting his dick wet. Like, you don't hear that in 1960. That doesn't appear on any on any radio show. But so going to Raul's points, like, she brings you back in time, but she brings, like, modernism with her. And, um, yeah, I thought it was very well packaged completely. Um, what did you guys, is there anything on this album? I'm just going to keep it pretty simple here, kind of middle schoolish was there anything on this album that you didn't like that just jumped right out to you right off the bat and your initial impression was just like oh this and then it didn't get better from the beginning <laughs> each time you listen to the album was there one particular thing or a series of things about this production that you were like oh this doesn't resonate with me and well it's still not resonating with me and wow i wish they could change that bananas go mm. Um, <laughs> uh, the only thing that I can really think of, uh, I guess two things, is I thought the album was a little too short, and I wasn't in love with the sequencing of tracks. I really feel like Back to Black should have been the last song on the album. I think yeah. Addicted was kind of like, I guess, too subtle and I guess, superficial of a landing pad. I feel like Back to Black is so powerful. It's so triumphant. It is like the centerpiece to the whole album. And to put it in the middle... Okay, that's fine. But then that means your ending needs to, like, I guess, be either on par or slightly above it in terms of thematic quality, instrumentation quality, and performance. And I guess I just see Addicted as kind of a song, like, superficially about, like, being hooked on weed. Which I get it. Like, drugs are definitely a big influ uh, theme in this album. So it's not out of left field that she brought that in. But Back to Black, I feel like, encompassed the whole universe she was trying to paint. Um, so I think just sequencing, I, I would have liked that to happen a little differently. But um, yeah, besides that, I would say that's really the only thing that like I didn't love about this album. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really consider the sequencing of the album at all. And, and the way that you describe it, Back to Black would definitely have been a great final chapter to this book, if you will. Um, but then again, a lot of people cope with uh, relationship issues with smoking a lot of weed. So yeah. I'm with you, Amy. I go with that. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, yeah, yo, the one thing that I disliked about this album, and there's not many things that I disliked about this album. The one thing that I extremely like on a pet peeve level is that a majority of these songs, maybe 60% of them are too low in volume. I don't know if you guys caught Interesting. that. Interesting. Did you listen to the deluxe version? Yes. Ah, same thing. So if you listen to the actual version, it's louder. The deluxe what do you version. Mean the actual. Ver I thought there was only one on Spotify. No, yeah, there's, there's only one. But the, the, yeah, there's a. No, the the original release was like eleven songs. I haven't gone back and listened to the original release. I got where did, the deluxe. Where were you listening to it on then? Uh, on Spotify, I was listening to the thirty-four minute one. It's the one with her on the cover, but then the deluxe version just has the phrase "back to black" in diagonal. Dude, I don't see that version on here. It's definitely on there. That's I was listening to that. We guys listened to the, the, the Lux one all week. Yeah. Yes, but I would cut it at addicted. I would stop. Oh, okay. Yeah, huh, no, that's so weird. But yeah, but yeah I, the the deluxe version is significantly lower in volume. I don't understand what the why why that is, and yep. it's not even. I, I think it was an issue, and maybe a, uh, uh, someone dropped the ball. But it was definitely in the mastering process. It's just not. Uh, all the songs are not going through the same mastering channels. And it, mm. it bugged the hell out of me. And it actually resorted me to listening to a lot of the songs while I was listening through the album. 
on YouTube, um, which I don't know if you guys know this, but most of the first half of the album, there's a music video for most of the songs. Oh, I didn't know any of them. Yeah, yeah, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, the volume, that shit was really like, I would be listening to it in here, and then all of a sudden after the first song, it's like, like 35, 40% lower. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm flipping my speakers around. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like testing shit. And then I realize I'm like, you motherfucker. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mastering of most of these songs, man, it was driving me nuts. Damn. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I think um, some song, I, I, it's hard for me not to gravitate toward, towards like high points and then get lost in some of the low points. Um, but, and songs, specifically. So I enjoyed the album in totality. I thought it was phenomenal. But if I'm going to nitpick anything, I guess it's like, uh, not every song was a banger. It, but the album, was, I thought, was a banger. Not every song was. I think the strengths were, um, you know, I'm no good, which is a phenomenal song. I think that that's probably... That and Back to Black are the two best songs, in my opinion, on this album. I kind of get lost when she kind of takes her foot off the gas and gets a little sentimental. Love is a losing game. But it's not a, it's just a, a change in um, uh, altitude, really. And that's totally fine, like I said, for the album. I just, if I'm going to nitpick anything, I, I think that she takes her foot off the gas a little bit. And um, yeah, I just, it doesn't really, really attract much for me. It's just something that I'm like, oh, I wish that she just kept kind of kept going and had, uh, I don't know she has a lot more to say about her relationships. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about the lyrics. How about, um, how refreshing is it when she says, you know, stuff like, and what kind of fuckery is this? <laughs> and, you know, you know, like she's just so blunt about it. Like how modern is that? Yeah. It's just quite a dichotomy here when you're really listening to an, an artist like this, who's like, in my mind, as I'm listening to it, I'm picturing a, like speak easy jazz club with her up there in a band but like the lights are down low and it's a real like grungy feel like something like i just had like three manhattans and i'm listening to this lady and i'm she's making me feel more intoxicated as i listen to her um i just thought that it was i was shocked by how she could like put that language the very blunt uh you know, explicit language into like, I mean, it was the first time I experienced it, but like so perfectly like slide that into this genre of, of like cocktail jazz music. You know, it just, it was just not what I, you know, Ellen and Louis, Louis Armstrong would, yeah, I don't know if they had a beer in that fucking studio, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just quite a difference in like attitude and presentation and positive, like the message. Um, that you know but it's a similar backdrop so was that that catch you guys off guard like it got me off guard or did that just like did it take any points away for you or i don't know how'd you feel about it it caught me off guard in the best way possible it one of the reasons i was really interested in these last two decades of female artistry is because when we were thinking about some of the great female artists before you know nina simone whitney houston janet jackson like all of these people have a very certain, I guess, marketable aspect to them. They're not really like defiant. They're not really like destroying the framework of what a female artist has been for a very long time. And if I think about what Amy Winehouse was able to do here and why I consider her to be such an attractive artist is because she does 
hone in on those classic elements of being a female artist, but she like cracks the pavement with so many like inflections in her voice and so many of her lyrics are just fantastic, man. Like when she's talking about missing the slick Rick gig and like the guy not meaning dick to her and then you hear the background vocals repeat that. Like, how dope is that? That is so yeah. unique to her. Only Amy Winehouse can get away with that. Mariah Carey can't do that. <laughs> Whitney Houston can't do that. But Amy Winehouse is so attractive because not only is it edgy, but it feels authentic, you know? Like, yeah. it fits the tone in her voice to, yes, have that dichotomy of being kind of like speakeasy mm -hmm. jazz, but like kind of being a little punk and like, I'll even say a little hip hop here. So, and I, I think that is the credit of the producers like Salam Remy I think they like took that out of her and like let her build that foundation so yes I was taken aback from it because it's not normal to get that level of edginess in a female <laughs> artist at that time but yeah if you think about what like one of the one of the most popular female artists now I'd say would have to be like Billie Eilish she has to be one of the most popular ones and I wonder if there is a Billie Eilish without an Amy Winehouse in that timeline, you know? So I do feel like she was a, re a bit of a revolutionary in that sense. So yes, it did catch me off guard, but in the best way. Yeah, I feel you. Libby, you good or you got to check on the little one? Oh, you can hear him? No, he's, he's just rolling around. I'm good. All right, cool. Unless yeah, you, I, Ben, unless you think that this is something I should address. <laughs> No, man, I feel like he's he's just in his zone. If the, if the blanket was off, I'd be a little worried, but no, he's, yeah, he's, having, he's having a blast. Yeah, he's in a sleep sack. I think he's trying to fight him, like, fight a way back to sleep, you know? Like, he's trying to put himself back. No, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it, but go ahead. Oh, we, we got time. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think, I think, uh, what, what I, Amy Winehouse possesses a few qualities that I always find attractive in women. And, and one of those qualities, one of those main qualities is her wittiness. She's very witty. Yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, we hear it so, a little bit in her music, but I love, I love hearing other people speak firsthand accounts uh, of being around people. Um, the last week or so listening to Amy, I was also just like in the black hole of the interwebs, but hearing how Salam Remy would speak about Amy Winehouse, hearing how Nas, uh, and who's the other person I, I, oh, uh, I don't know if you've, you guys have had a chance to check out um, Dave Chappelle's podcast with Most Def and Talib Kweli, mm -hmm. Midnight Miracles, but in the way that Most Def speaks about Amy Winehouse, she was just as like very fresh and like always like she always had a fresh joke on the in, in the in the you know in the, in the in the gun ready to blast. She always was like on her toes. She was always saying things to keep you on edge. Mm. So that that's one of those things that I always appreciate about women. If a girl can keep me on edge and keep me entertained, dude, that shit yeah. is like everlasting for me, you know. And we see that throughout uh, the album in, the, in in this album with some of her like. Uh, vulgar lyrics like yeah not many people in history can get away with saying some of the shit that she does dude like you don't mean dick to me who the fuck says that <laughs> come on dude like she's dope as hell yo amy winehouse i feel like amy winehouse was the type of girl that if her and i would ever meet in the past life you know i would automatically be attracted to her and then we'd hit it off and kick it for a few hours you'd you know? pull up you'd shoot oh boy <laughs> what the hell? you kidding me yo <laughs> nah, Amy Winehouse was a shit, yo. She she and she broke the mold, you know. That they were definitely not being a, a Billie Eilish, at least not to the extent or shades that we experience her in now without an Amy Winehouse.
Yeah. Totally agree. I think she um, shattered, you know, boundaries, you know, set new boundaries and just, um, just a pioneer, you know, and I think just by being unique, uniquely herself, which is what every artist aspires to be when they're trying to put music out. Or when they are putting music out, you just you just are who you are. Um, he's starting to scream, so um, we take a quick intermission. Or do you guys want to just chit chat for a second while I just go get him? Do it. All right, be right back. <laughs> Yo, he hit that high decibel, and I don't know how Libby continued to talk during that. Yeah, that, I think that's that point where it's the instant reaction, right? Yeah, it's almost like you saw his body shake. <laughs> like, yo, this is just biological. Something here is going on. It shouldn't be happening. <clears throat> yeah, I need to ask because I feel like every Wu Tang clan shirt has a story. Um, oh, there he is. Guest appearance. There he is. Was the guy. Oh, man. He loved Amy Whitehouse this week. Let's get it. Yo. She's so hot. Running oh. for senator. Archie twenty forty forty. Let's get it. I mean, Archie. Archie does sound like a politician's Doug. Archie Libby, come on. Archer James Libby Esquire. Archie oh, Libby. Dude, you kidding me? That's yeah, incredible. I already feel the the my taxes going down. This is amazing. This is <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I get to invest more in my four hundred one k. Thank you, Archie. <laughs> Yeah, so you were saying about the story of the shirt? Yes, man. How did that shirt come into your life? Because it's not you can just get that shirt anywhere. I feel like you either have, it has to be gifted to you or to go out of your way to get it. Like, no. Very simple, dude. I just went to Target and bought a new one because someone made out with my, my old one, and I never, I, you know, I never saw it again, so I had to replace it. Oh, see? Oh, someone story. stole it. Okay. There's the story. Someone made out with your old Wu-Tang Clan shirt. Yeah doesn't sound comfortable doing doesn't. that. I, I don't mean made out as in, like, French kiss. I mean, they, uh, they okay. grabbed it. Go. Split. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Which is interesting, because I, if I ever met this person and I asked them, like, yo, how'd you get that shirt? They'd be like, yo, went to this dude's house, robbed it. I'm like, yo, you can <laughs> bought your own? Like, nope. Well, it wasn't necessarily a robbing thing. You know what? We don't got to get into that, but yes. Cool, cool. I got you. I got you. Yeah. No, I like them. I feel like it's such a iconic, beautiful logo. Every time, oh, yeah, for sure. Cool. I don't want to get off on a tangent, yo. But if 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 you guys haven't checked it out yet, Wu Tang has a there's a series on Hulu called uh, Wu Tang and American Saga. Oh, about about Wu Tang and their the origin of them. Yeah. Phenomenal show. It's a like a biopic, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Check. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal show. I was. I was big into Wu-Tang in college. I like woke up to Wu-Tang. Dude, you guys would both, you guys would both appreciate this show for real. I super recommend it. Yo, that is so interesting. You said that Libby, one of Kelly's favorite, favorite hip hop artists of all time is Wu-Tang. And the first time that I met her, um, she was listening to Wu-Tang in her dorm room in college. And I'm like, yo, who is this pasty white little girl listening to Wu-Tang? Like what is going on here? And yo, she knew almost all the words to Killer Bees. Almost yeah. every point. Sick. Sick. Love. <laughs> Instantaneously. I feel you. I don't yeah. know what it's Wu Tang would be an interesting album or at least group to review because I feel like they even though they're very like New York gangster golden age hip hop, I feel like a lot of people like Wu Tang. Like they have a wide demographic of fans. Yeah. Somehow. 
they're very universal. One thing that I found out about them recently in the last couple of months, not to get too far off track, but uh, someone did a study of the hip hop artists in history who have the widest vocabulary. Mm. And they did a list of like the top 100. And out of those top 100, the most of the Wu-Tang members are in the top like 15. Their vocabulary is extremely wide and the things that they touch on is extremely vast. That's cool. Beautiful, because they're just fucking talking about violence, guns, drugs. Yeah. But they're well, doing- not exactly. Oh. Like, for example, the Jizza, one of the members, he, he has taught classes at MIT. He's a physicist. So it's like, these are intelligent men, you know? Yeah. We, sh- we should, um, let's let's bookmark that and come back, maybe do an artist series on Wu-Tang sometime down the road. <laughs> that would be sick, pal. Wu-Tang and, and even solo projects. Like Ghostface just, like... I think he's lead. He he leads them all in like output, right? The guy's yes, got like for sure, like fifty solo albums. Um, that's an exaggeration, but um, all right. I mean, um, you guys, are, if you guys are ready for three weeks of Wu Tang, I will absolutely be down for that. I mean, I'm gonna get fired from my job, but whatever, man. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine with me. Um, so where were we? We were talking about Amy's wittiness, about her yes. boldness. Yes. And just how, uh, refer- to me, it's just refreshing. Um, it just, it was just like, boom, right in my face. I thought this album was very uh, um, blunt, direct, um, but relatable. More relatable than the, the messy story from last week. Um, I mean, I feel like I could, like, do the work and, like, piece it together for Marvin Gaye, form, like, to make the connections, to make it fully relatable to me, just by imagining those feelings, but... Um, I don't know. I just, I just, in some way or another, I think we've been involved in some type of toxic relationship, or maybe you just haven't because you're just a perfect person. But I feel like there are th- things to pull out of her songs that are um, pretty um, uh, instantly uh, relatable. Um, we're, I mean, the, thematically, this is a pretty, uh, it's pretty obvious. It's you right in the face. It's, you know, it's really like uh, exploration of guilt drug abuse, drinking, toxic relationship. It's very uh, emotive, right? And and, and that, like, kind of dark and gloominess. Is there any songs in here that made you, like, after you finished listening to this, you felt like, wow, I I feel uplifted. I feel like, wow, this is a, you know, walking away feeling positive. (laughs) It's just just touching upon the point that this this album is so heavy, uh, be coined as depressive, depressing, um, just in that direction of, uh, of emotion. But it's just so, like, we unanimously agree already, just we're not even at the final conclusions yet, that we really enjoyed this album for a lot of different reasons. But sadness, I think Ben brought it up a few weeks ago. Like, it's interesting that sadness um, is just, like, it, there's, there's more to unpack in sadness. It's just, uh, there's some reason sadness gets the best of you as a listener you just i just wonder why let's just kind of go in that direction a little bit um did you feel how'd you feel after listening to this album better person worse person shitty unchanged uh uplifted um compassionate any any um any of those feelings a lot of them uh, I'm 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 a little nervous about Adele's new album, um, just because I feel like she just seems too happy at this point, and I'm I'm of the camp of 
sadness making the best type of art. So I definitely don't feel uplifted listening to Amy Winehouse's album. But what I think is uplifting about her approach here is that she's able to bring the sense of poetry and awareness to the messy, destructive nature of her life and her music that it almost gives you like an antidote of how to deal with your darkness, which I think is so powerful. Like the poetry, there's a line where she's like talking about how love is like a pipe and I'm a tiny penny rolling around the sides. Like that line to me is so beautiful and so poetic. And so it like, it brings such a dope complex image to feeling like I'm just spiraling out of control. So I don't feel uplifted, but I feel very moved by her awareness of how she's progressing through this darkness. And I do feel like that that's what makes music so beautiful. And that's what makes music so touching is like when you're able to make sense of things in your life and express them poetically. And I feel like there's so many poetic moments throughout this album. So yeah, don't don't listen to this album if you're looking for like, you know, cheery, poppy, sugar music um but if you're looking to make sense of things and like bring in awareness i feel like yeah amy winehouse is a master at that word yeah definitely not too much cheeriness going on in this album right there's a lot of uh kind of coping this album i feel like it's more about like how she's coping with issues uh it shouldn't be your go-to if you're having a shitty day but then again she could be kind of a beacon of hope, right? Like you just said, she's she's letting you know how to maneuver through sad, somber, dark moments, uh, you know, that you may be going down through as well. Yeah, not not too much po- like uh, polish. Although the, some of the instrumentation on this album is and can be, I feel like bright. Mm. And maybe it's just me. I feel like a live on ensemble for me, for the most part, even if it's like in, in, in uh, you know, minor, minor scale, it always feels uplifting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, Love is a Losing Game. Um, and I actually saw a clip, a video clip where I'm pretty sure she didn't write that song. Someone else wrote that song. This is just another reinterpretation of it. But Amy Winehouse specifically did not want any strings on the song. She didn't want it to sound uplifting or bright. Well, uh, the producer, Mark Ronson, ended up finding an, uh, an orchestra to come in and lay down the strings, and she ended up loving it. Um, but I guess the point that I'm trying to make is, even though, even though that song is, is not positive, I feel like the instrumentation and the orchestration behind it makes me feel like it's bright and, 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 and almost like, not necessarily bright, but almost like it's, it's, it's whatever's going on is going to pass. You know, that, that's, that's mm-hmm. where it's at. Yeah, it, 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 um, take that. I, right as you said that, I thought of Billie Holiday mm. and some of her like more like uh, or- orchestra-backed songs on that album that we listened to where it was like, I, I remember like feeling like I was like watching like a Disney princess, like sad and like walking through a beautiful landscape as it unfolded around her and the trees bent down to like console her. And it was like oddly uplifting yet it was sad, you know, like the central character was sad, but the surroundings, the, the backdrop, the environment was like trying to uh, pick her up. That was just a weird connection. I just, it just came to mind. Um, but yeah, totally. I thought that the, it can't, I mean, the, just how crisp the, uh, the instrumentation uh, 
is on this album. I think it's, I don't think this album, the instrumentation is like saturated really in any way. I think it's not stripped back and I don't think it's too much. I just think it's just, just, just right. Goldilocks, fucking warm porridge, baby, you know, <laughs> just right. So this album got me, uh, got me good in a lot of, a lot of ways uh, for an album that's really de can be, it really is depressing in content. Um, it was certainly uh, one of the best ones I've, I've ever listened to front to back. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to move this one towards final thoughts so we can just start wrapping this one up. Um, it's no no question here that I was, uh, um, I wouldn't, it wasn't caught off guard. So I just knew her strength just by limited exposure. But this was, as an album in totality and production value, I thought this album was near perfect. Um, I don't know if I would change much. I think the only detractors really are that I thought some of the songs could have been were more fillers to me, but it was really like peaks and valleys. But it was wasn't like you know journey to hell or what 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 is this song? I mean, we're talking about the original like track lineup. I think some of the songs towards the end of the deluxe album are a little bizarre. Monkey Man sounds it's kind of fun, but weirdly out of position in this whole album. If it were to be have been included, it wasn't. But if it had been, it would have just been like that would have been point negative. Um, but no, I thought the original you know, 10, 11 song presentation was, uh, was great. And, um, I don't know how I don't rate this at minimum a nine, but I'm being pulled in even North of that to call this one, my second 10 album. Oh, whoa. So, whoa. Yeah. I think it's just Yo. a tremendous piece of work. I would Damn, son, that's even the things that I would like say I change. I would, I, it's, uh, you know, I could when I say ten, right? I could compare it to the only other ten I've given yeah. um, in exploration, right? And albums that I've never listened to. I can talk about the Chili Peppers and why that's a ten to me, um, but that's just unique to me. In my experience with Stevie Wonder's album, uh, "Songs in the Key of Life," it was all fresh to me, and this this album was fresh to me, um, and I loved it did. all the way through. I don't think I changed anything. Um, so that's that. Oh boy! All right, that's, I don't know how. Who's gonna go next, dude? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to follow that, um, but I will with style and with grace. It's not a ten for me. Um, Stevie Wonder's "Songs in the Key of Life" is just—it's too high, and I can't put this album up there because I don't think that it was perfect. But I do think Amy Winehouse does do something perfectly on this album, which is she complements the instrumentation in a unique way with character, finesse, grace and a lot of power, which is why I think we're still so addicted to listening to this album, even though it's about sad topics. Like, she is able to powerfully convey these emotions, specifically bring up, like, edgy details about her being unfaithful, about her not wanting to go to rehab. And, like, these are all, like, very disgusting things that if you just heard someone talking about them in a daily conversation, you wouldn't want to keep listening to this person. But that's her magic is that she's able to somehow make not wanting to go to rehab relatable that she's able to like bring you into this moment of infidelity and make you be like yo i empathize with you she's addicted to marijuana and you're like yo i get it like that is powerful that she's able to do that 
Um, and as I scan my memory of female artists, I can't really think of any other female artist that's as good as bringing you into the darkness of that. I remember really liking The Weeknd when he first came out for that reason. <laughs> he was making songs about like just wild things, but it was so intoxicating because he was able to vocally bring you into that space and lyrically bring you into that space. So I do feel like Amy Winehouse was that for female artists in this decade yo love the production on here <clears throat> there's a moment on you know i'm not too good where she's talking about crying for you on the kitchen floor where it's just perfect instrumentation like the snares like accentuating every word on point the horns are coming in right with the snare it's a magic ah. moment man so a lot of love for the for the producers on here. A lot of love for Amy Winehouse. Obviously, sad. This was the last album that we got from her, um, but it's pretty phenomenal. And the fact that she was able to do that only in thirty minutes, I think, just speaks to her skill as a female artist. Um, and yeah, man, a lot of lessons here, man. Like how to navigate darkness through the use of your poetry. To me, is what I'm getting from here. So, yeah, I'm giving this a nine, man. This is is this is fantastic. Um, it's like the beast, the other side to Ella Fitzgerald, which I really, really love mm -hmm. as well. So this is a nine for me. Woo. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. There was a lot that I loved about this album. And I'll definitely come back and listen to this. Not that I hadn't previously, but sitting with it even deeper over the last week, I definitely grew a fonder appreciation for this album. Uh, and a fonder appreciation for Amy Winehouse, man. She's just such a captivating, alluring figure in, in music history for me, man, because she was here for such a, her career was, you know, short-lived, if you will, but I think she had a massive, grandiose impact. So, and, and I think that's, I think that's predominantly because of just the characteristic in her voice, man. It's like, She's on that level of like uniqueness, vocal uniqueness of Bob Marley, mm -hmm. of like the other greats that we can, that I can name in history of like vocals that I'm like instantly attracted to. Amy Winehouse is one of those voices that I'm instantly attracted to from day one. I remember, I remember listening to this, you know, over a decade and I was like, dude, who is that and where can I find it? You know, um, Valerie on the on the on the deluxe version. I fucking miss playing that with y'all. Just throwing yeah. that out there. Um, yeah, really, really good album from top to bottom, dude. It really is, man. Uh, Mark Ronson and Salam Remy, they were able to provide the perfect soundscape for such a uh, lush and elegant voice. So a lot of props to them. Um, I, I mean, come on, like, and this is questionably a hip-hop album mm, fact. you know sure. like dope vocals over break beats essentially a lot of these were like break beats so i'm like dude are you kidding me i'm like cooking like <laughs> dancing and shit through some of these songs i'm like yo this is amy winehouse i'm listening to right now all right i like it i like it it's my vibe man it's pulling it's pulling from all sorts of inspiration um and yet, yeah, like I said earlier in the beginning, man the 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 culmination of wrapping up the 60s sound and giving it a hip-hop twist come on dude that that's always gonna win in my book that's always gonna win in my book um i can't give this album a 10 because like songs in the key of life is just perfection you know so <laughs> for me to say that i get i will put back to black on the same level as 
songs in the key it's almost daunting and you know what sounds sounds songs in the key of life is a perfect example of a 10 for me because i will always match up everything i listen to to that and i feel like that's a great litmus test so yeah i'm, I'm gonna sit with ben and say that this is a nine yeah highly rated highly rated that's awesome no i, I could tell we were uh we're all on the same page very early on uh and even while i was listening to this so i was like you no know, like i know the guys yeah, well enough that I was like, they, this is, I know that they would definitely appreciate this album. So we, I knew we were going to be on the same page. I'm just trying to break down the, the 10. I mean, the 10 is like, I'll just give 10s out. I'm only giving, this is the second 10 I've given. Yo, I also feel like I'm just throwing it out there. Anytime we say a, an album is a 10, we got to emphasize it with some sounds. I was looking around for like my shakers, my maracas or fucking something. Well, we got to be like, this is a 10, you know, like. Like. <laughs> what do you think, Archie? <laughs> yeah, well, no baby noise. Um, yeah, no, it was the harmonica, Ben. You don't keep that in the car? Um, only when I'm going to say it's a 10. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, Yo, cool so guys. did you think this album was a 10 for you all along, uh, Libby, or was it something that crept up? Um, I feel like um, I usually don't settle on the score. I'm like, I, I like put it ballpark it. And then when we have the discussions, um, I kind of formulate my final opinion after all the, all we discuss. Um, I, I had this already at, like, honestly, like I, it was a nine or a 10 from the beginning. And then I was like, you know what? This album, there's just absolutely nothing wrong with it in totality. I don't know if I pick songs out of it. So just like with same thing with um, songs in the key of life, like it's an out al- like the album is a ten, mm. but there's certain like I'm not gonna go back and pick you know one out of the twenty nine songs that are on the album. Be like this one today, oh yeah, it's just the album to me is a wonderful piece. That is gold. This album is gold. Mm. So that's just that's just my my take, um, my take on it. Same thing when I go back and I think about the Chili Peppers album and some other tens that I have that are in my personal catalog it's just like it's just speaks in in many different ways to me and i just i love this album i love jazz music i have a deep appreciation for um you know 50s cocktail jazz instruments and and more of a you know um uh improv jazz um but when you can like make it tight and pull it all together and then throw a modern splash on there and just have this radical character come through and deliver a message, a personal message like the way she did. It's all wrapped up nice and tight, wonderful, and clear sounding. It's just like, there's nothing wrong with this. This is a fucking tent. It's a, this is a bar of gold to me, you know? Put it right on the shelf next to the other bar of gold. Then we can get, you want to get microscopic, I can tell you which album I, I, I still think that, I mean, just because they're both tens doesn't mean that one album isn't better than the next. I still think the Stevie Wonder album is, is, is in front of it. But we don't do half points here. We don't do, you know, 10A and 10B. You know, we're just putting them on the, on the same shelf. I think Archie is telling us to wrap it up. Wrap it up, man. Wrap it up. Yo, so let me give, let me, let me uh, give our next, our next listen. Yeah. So, um, this was, this was pretty fucking hard for me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't and I think it's mainly because. Struggle. What was the struggle about? The, the main struggle for me is that, so when I think of female vocalists, 
I automatically I automatically go towards R and B. And for the last five years of my life, a majority of the listen that I consume is R and B, specifically female R and B. Okay. So off the bat, I don't want to select an album that I'm already super familiar with. Gotcha. And I I don't want to let you know I don't want to select an album that I'm also like you know not fond of. So ultimately, I landed on this magnificent album. Uh, I've listened to it. I've not deep, deeply, uh, you know, dove into it. But it's, you know, I, I can't, I can't think of post two thousand female vocalists and not think of this person. And it is Beyonce. All right. <laughs> I, it, it has so to say be Britney Beyonce. Spears. Okay. No, no freaking way. And, and you know what? No offense. I also didn't want to pick a uh, a Caucasian. Uh, Vocalist, <laughs> gotta throw a little sasson in there, you know what I mean? My man. So we'll, we'll be listening to uh, her 2016 album Lemonade, Ooh, which okay. is a conceptual album. I'm not sure how familiar you are with this album, but essentially, she made this album after rumors and confirmation that her husband Jay Z was cheating on her, and then she made this entire album based and revolving around that. Becky with the good hair, right? Exactly. Yeah, the women in my house are going to tear our house apart if I'm playing Beyonce. Oh, oh. oh let's go. You got to get these girls in formation, Benjamin. Bro. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to send y'all a clip that I have of us dancing. Not, uh, not me, because I'm recording, obviously. Why, why was bad <laughs> dancing? I'm the cameraman uh, of my family dancing to formation. And uh, hey. it is just thunderous man let's get it so. surfboard surfboard right <laughs> uh, actually no i think that's on the previous album all right on okay. beyonce but uh yeah let me just throw it out there yo some uh some some albums that i was considering uh one is Aaliyah's 2001 self-titled album mm. which was recently released on streaming platforms i was also considering scissors album control dope and lastly, uh, an artist by the name of Jasmine Sullivan. Mm -hmm. uh, she released an album recently called Whole Tale. Hose Tale. Like Garden? Really good album. Yeah. Hose spelled H-E-A-U-X, by uh, the way. Like the way you spell it. Correct. You know, you got to <laughs> put a little, a little spin and a little twist. You know, we're sophisticated hoes around here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. that shit, but all good. Yeah, man. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Um, gentlemen, Benny Bananas, Ravishing Rick Raul, thank you for your time and wonderful opinions and um, just your just, just being great guys, you know. Um, thanks awesome. for hanging out and um, looking forward to next week. Yeah, man. All right, y'all. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Yeah. See ya.